This is the Euphoria Podcast, podcast about all things EULCS. I am your host, Dracos. Deficio is out sick this week. Uh, this day, he will be here for LCS. But uh, lucky for me, we have two guests from FNAG. I'm going to welcome you guys right off the bat. Welcome, Whippo. Welcome, Broxa. Glad to have you guys here. How are you guys excited about being up this early in the morning? I think Box is used to it, but uh, it's something new for me, so <laughs> it's all right. Good. Hold I'm on. usually pretty fresh in the mornings for the, you know, I, I did look a little more awake than Puibu here when yeah. we left, that's for sure. Which I like. <laughs> They're like one of maybe, I think, three pro players in the entirety of EULCS that wakes up at a reasonable hour in the morning. So, shout outs to you, Brock. Pretty sure those three players are on our team. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think so. <laughs> All right, as a reminder for everyone watching, this is now a video podcast. You can check it out on YouTube. Otherwise, we are on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're also testing some new microphones this week. So if you are in podcast land listening, give us feedback. How is the audio quality? Let us know. The same is true for you guys on YouTube. I just feel like the podcast people probably notice it a little bit more. Updates on bets before we go any further. Uh, Memento and I are going to play Dress Up for Denmark on Friday. Uh, we didn't do it this last week because I was hosting Memento was sick. And on Saturday, following the game, Deficio and Wadid are going to eat some hella spicy ramen and break down a Fnatic game. It was the Fnatic Misfits game was originally the plan, but that one was kind of a snoozer. You guys just kind of won and then kept winning. So I, I, I give them the right to choose a more recent Fnatic oh. game if there is a better Fnatic game. Um, topics for the day, we're going to have a mandatory Reckless Minute, a.k.a. the Reckless Update for all you Fnatic fans out there. I know that's... Why many of you are here. Uh, additionally, we'll talk about Fnatic as a team outside of Reckless. We'll play Would You Rather. We'll look at the tier list and figure out where we went wrong in the past and hope that you guys can set us right. And we'll answer some Twitter questions to round out the day. But first, the mandatory Reckless Minute. Gentlemen, <laughs> where is he? Where is Reckless? I mean, like, is, like, is he in the house? Is he playing with you guys? How are things? Well... I think that, well, obviously there's a lot of questions about Reckless and mm. where he is, is he even with us in Berlin and all that. But the thing is, um, even after he got benched, he has actually been with us in Berlin the, the whole time. Um, so for us, it has been pretty similar, except when it comes to scrims. Because before we would obviously play with him every game in scrims. And now it's a bit more split. Um, so we are splitting between him and Buibo. But he's still around in the office most of the days. Um, we're still talking to him. We're still playing games with him. Um, so in that sense, it's pretty similar. I think that's what a lot of people kind of wanted to hear. There's a lot of people, yeah. especially when you ask for Twitter questions, for you two specifically. I got about, you know, maybe 10 each for you guys and about 40 about Reckless. Yeah. Is he still scrimming? Is he still playing with the team? So I think a lot of Fnatic fans are kind of happy and excited to see that. Uh, how is he? Is he good? People want to know. I think he's pretty good. Right. I mean, like, the, the biggest issue is, is just that he doesn't feel like playing with him is the... Like he's going to be a win condition. Mm. Like he doesn't like you. He we used to think that like obviously if we put Reckless Tristana, uh, we actually had a win condition in him. But we feel like in the current meta that if we were playing with him, that he's not necessarily a win condition. And because he's not, I just have a way bigger champion pool that can adapt to almost every situation. So we feel like it's just a higher percentage chance to win the game. And I think that's the main reason why he's okay. With uh, <laughs> with with me playing, because at the end of the day, like there's just more options, and it's not necessarily about our draft is easier or whatever. It's more that the enemy team tends to make like drafting blunders, drafting against me in the bot lane, because they just don't know where we're going with what champion, you know. On on that Giants, so for example. Yeah. They did not expect Yasuo to go bot lane. I think <laughs> because they randomly lock in Zyra, and we're like, wait a minute. 
I'm going like this is like you know no, I'm taking the Yasuo like they lock in Vladimir blind assuming Yasuo is mid because this is a good matchup and then they lock in Zyra and we're like what the hell you know like we're like these guys are really trolling <laughs> or they didn't know what they were doing or they really didn't expect us to flex Yasuo I don't think anyone expects you guys to do any like half of the things you're gonna do I mean I mean yeah like, we pulled out a gangplank <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You pulled out a, a Wukong too. I mean, yeah, but this is this is caps. I think like I think even if even even if you had marksman, like there was a good chance you would see a Wukong in, in, in the mid line. Broxa, do you ever get jealous that your your teammates get to play all this weird stuff and the jungle meta really <laughs> never changes? Well, obviously, once in a while, I get a little uh, a little jealous because mm. most of the time I'm the one kind of balance, balancing it it out. Um, like I'm stuck on tank duty very often. Where a lot of junglers like Memento, for example, you know, he gets to play all the fun carry stuff. He gets to uh -huh. he gets to try to carry the team, but um, I'm the one on our team who has to balance it out so there's not too many fancy picks, which is fair. Like, I mean, there has to be someone like that. But uh, thank God, you know. because you know, if my jungler picks Hecarim, I'm not very happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, um, like two weeks ago, I did get some Kindred games though, so Ooh. that made me pretty happy. Now, now I can play some tanks again. Look, you know. Kindred games are hype, man. I'm just sad that the only innovation that came to jungle this season was, oh, now you can also play supports for your mid lane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not really the only. That's yeah, not true. Obviously, Kindred. Like, I actually think there's a lot like, of bruisers coming in. I actually well. think that there's a lot of like stylistic differences that people can abuse. Mm. So like, you know, you have the Camille players and then you have the not Camille players. <laughs> so you have the people that like go, go for Scuttle Crabs and Champions and then you have people that go for Gromp and uh, Raptor Camp. <laughs> I actually think I think the jungle meta is pretty good right now because you can play so many different champions and so many different styles. Like there's a lot of supportive champions, tank champs, and but there's also a lot of carries. Um, and I'm actually pretty happy about it now. And one thing is for sure, like it's better than being Caps' personal slave. You know, now I'm actually part of the game in a different way. So I am very happy right now. Well, we can get Caps on here at some point in the future to ask him how he feels about losing out on a personal slave, a personal <laughs> dog to play around him in the mid lane. I mean, I'm sure Caps had a had a fun week or two. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not a personal slave anymore, but I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, jungle is still slave role. They only support. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. They have to go <laughs> through. They have to play for the locked lanes, down know? for the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Broxy, you've never been here before, uh, and we were, I was kind of taking a look through your history. Me and Deficio both were, actually. And one of the things that kind of stood out to us is you've been doing a lot of these, or you have in the offseason in the past, done a lot of these trips to schools uh, in Denmark. So I wanted to kind of hear from you about this. Like, this is like this is like a cool thing. It's not something that a lot of people do. So I wanted to know, why do you do it? What started it? Where did this idea come from? Uh, kind of all of it. Yeah. Well, so at first, I didn't really consider it at all, to be honest. Um, but there was this, um, well, it was a fan from home who were actually studying at my old school and who had been writing to me a lot and, you know, sending me a lot of cheerful messages while we were in China for Worlds. And then once I got back home, back in Denmark, he was asking if we could meet up and if he could get a signature, or, you know, just meet and, and talk a bit to me because he was really looking up to me. And then he got the idea to actually come to the school and try to do a presentation or talk to some of the people because there were a lot of Fnatic fans in, in his class and at the school, apparently, like I found out when I went there. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Then, well, I just told him I thought it was a good idea and I think already a few hours later I was talking to one of the teachers at the school setting up a time to come and, and do the presentation. So I went there, I did the pr presentation and... It was actually 
it was pretty weird in a way because by now I'm obviously I'm used to an extent to standing in front of people and talking or sitting on stage in front of a lot of people but it was this was so different like um it was a little uh, a little stressful and scary in a way because I was standing in front of it was all of seventh eighth and ninth grade so there was like hundred plus stu plus students in front of me um but it, it was really exciting talking about well I talked about you know everything from where I was when when I was in their shoes, like when I was in school playing with friends, <laughs> a little fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to play it cool, boys. Just keep going. <laughs> um, it lives on my face now. Don't worry about it. What a charm. Yeah, I, I was. Um, I just went through my whole story, basically, from how it was when I was in their shoes, when I was in school, and just mm. started playing with friends up until playing Danish tournaments, playing in the UK league, and then all of a sudden taking the jump to Fnatic and, and LCS. Um, so I tried to w go through all of it. Um, and then obviously I also wanted to make sure that, you know, because a lot of them were actually gamers and they were really into league and all this. So I come there and talk about how great the life is as a, as a gamer. So I had to be a little careful and try to, you know, end the presentation telling them that a uh, Finishing school before going pro is probably a good idea. <laughs> good, good for you. That's the that's the thing you always have to add in. Yeah, exactly. I think people see it and they're like, "Oh, I can do that." And it's like, well, you got to remember, there's like the other thousands of people in solo queue who didn't do it and tried, and it like that, backfired. That's the thing, right? It's like, it looks really cool, um, and a lot of people want to do it, but similar to being a a football player, so few people actually manage to go all the way, right? And if you just drop out of school then the chance of actually making it is not that high. Obviously, there are people making it, like Bwebo. It went pretty well for Bwebo. <laughs> um, I got there. But uh, it's not risk-free, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely not. But I think it's, like, cool that you're interacting with such a... I thought that they were older kids. It's it's such a... I mean, like, young teenagers, it sounds like. and that's Well, yeah, I guess most of them were, like, between 12 and 15-ish. I did it at that school, my old school, and then I think a month later I did it at another one that was nearby as well. Um the other one was pretty cool, actually, because some schools in Denmark uh, has started getting like esports, what you call esports lines, or classes focused on esports. Mm -hmm. So this class was even more into it, like much more, um, where there were so many fans. Um, I was told by the teacher before I got there that there was even one of the um, students in this class who actually was wearing Fnatic clothes every single day. So, you know, there were some big what fans we, as well. What we, and, dude, that man's committed. I respect and, that. And I when I did that. get there and uh, you know did the presentation and talked to them afterwards, he did wear Fnatic clothes as well. You know, it was pretty oh. easy to see. Like, okay, this guy was the one he was talking about. Um, so it, yeah, I don't know. It's just pretty cool. And generally, um, I think a lot of people forget how much it can mean to people, like to the fans, to do something in that sense and give back to them. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially the first presentation was pretty pretty awesome to do because it was at my old school and I also got to show a lot of my, my teachers and talk to them and say like and show them that okay, I'm you know, this is where I am now. It haven't gone too bad since I Dude, I was your student. Roxa <laughs> for president. That's some that's some heroic that's like it's the campaign awesome trail right there. Dude, that's <laughs> super old. Whippo why aren't you as wholesome, man? Where, when, I don't know. Even you have where did it go wrong? Yet? I think it went wrong when I dropped out of school and played two years of solo queue. The solo queue has molded me. Too much, too many games with caps in it. You can go to so we'll have like a solo queue conference one day, and you can go in oh, front of all yeah. those toxic people from all over the years and be like, guys, you can do it too. 
<sighs> Except I know you, and you'd probably just be flaming that guy who ran it no, down. No, I mean, for the first I, year. <laughs> I, got, I, like, I remember, you know, but I don't hold grudges. It's just, yeah. actually, the fun fact is I captured one of the few people I actually held a grudge against. Like, I actually hated Caps. <laughs> like, when I was playing solo queue, you know, and I saw Caps on the, my team, on the enemy team, I was like, this, like, this guy, you know, like, he's really trolling. Like, every game, he will either solo win the game or solo lose the game, and there is nothing you can do to decide it, you know? Like, if you're jungler and you run to his lane 15 times, it doesn't matter. If he wants to lose, he will lose. And if he wants to win, he will win. So I'm like, you know, like, this guy is, like, either monster smurfing or hard trolling. Okay, so the question is, you're teammates now, so I assume you don't hate him no, as a person. No, no, like, once I, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, like... I realized that he like only does it in solo queue. Like sometimes he just doesn't care. Like he just only trades. Um, but I think he's just really good at the game, obviously. And when he yeah. plays controlled and smart, like he's actually like no counterplay player. That's how I like to call it. You For know, sure. Like, yeah, but at like, the end of the day, at some point he's going to kill somebody on the enemy team. Oh, and I'm not doubting that you guys are on good terms now. But when you queue up in solo queue, are you still like, oh god, it's caps? Whatever. I mean, it's like <laughs> at this point, I don't care anymore. You know, it's like whatever. If he ints me for another game, then whatever. He can give me my like. He give me if he gives me the stage LP. I don't mind losing some solo queue. LP. <laughs> I think generally when you see caps on your team, you you really don't know what's coming. Like exactly. here the other day, I had him on my team in solo queue, and he was support. And you know when Caps gets off well then that, that's <laughs> when you're sweating. Run right? for the hills. And then he locks in Blitzcrank. <laughs> oh and my god. He plays Predator Blitzcrank. The second he has gold for boots, he leaves bot lane and he does never return. <laughs> he just, you know, he was ganking people more than me. <laughs> and to be fair, he did. He did do pretty well that game. He did win. <laughs> but obviously his AD yeah. carry was not the biggest fan of him. Like our AD oh. carry was doing some serious mental stream training. So Hillisang training. Caps never came back to that bottle. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Once he leaves, he never goes back. Went out for cigarettes, never. Uh, Hillisang comes back for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hillisang. Yeah, yeah go just my to back. clarify, the back. actual support player comes back. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he does like leaving the lane, though. He, he goes for a little, uh, well, fishing with Pike, really. Yeah, it's, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> it's a lot easier to roam into mid and surprise 2v1 kill than it is to go I mean, yeah, all right, boys. I want to know a little bit about Fnatic outside of just Reckless, um, which is like... <laughs> wow, really? I know, right? It's crazy. Um, you guys had a good week. Obviously, strong week. Now, looking across the season, you guys have lost to Misfits and Splice. You've now beaten Misfits as well. Um, where do you guys see yourself right now in the league? Top three, top two, uh, top one. You guys are tied for second with... Uh, I think first place. I think first place is... like I think we're the best team. Uh, doesn't mean we won't drop a game, maybe. Um, I think that actually, like in spring split, we had the same start. I believe. I think mm -hmm. in week four we had we were five and three, and we ended fourteen and four. I believe. I'm not sure if that's hundred percent correct, but something like that. So I feel like we're going towards that direction again, and maybe first place is not achievable depending on Misfits' performance and whether they drop more games or not, because they had a little bit, little bit better of a start than we did. But I think that. We dropped two games because of Gold Funnel, both because we played it mm. and we put, G2 played it against us and we like, it was a BG. Yeah, you guys, I mean, that was rough. The first week so rough, I feel like, um, oh, even the Splice game that we lost, you know, like there was two losses against Gold, like because of Gold Funnel, because we did it and we lost to it. And then there was a Splice game where we just like, like me especially, like I, was, I had a really bad game. So I feel like those losses were like, like they're easily preventable, and I feel like as long as we play to a normal standard and the game is in a, in a good state uh, by like the mid-game mark, I don't think any EU team is like good enough or like way better at, uh, than us to like 
take games off of us from that point on as long as it's not like lost you know like if the game is lost at 15 minutes the game is lost right like mm. fair enough it's hard to come back but as long as we create a situation where the game is about even or good i think we should be able to win every single game from this point so do you feel like that's uh what is it that carries you through in an even game state is it superior macro is it individual strength uh individual players team experience like what is it that puts you guys above the rest assuming you're not drafted into a corner or someone doesn't harden in the early lane phase <laughs> well i think we're in a good spot in most areas i think our individual strength is probably the best in europe i think individually on paper we we should be a really good team and macro wise this year we've gotten a lot of help from joey and we've actually improved so much within the last many months in macro um <laughs> I'm sorry, this guy, there's always one fly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to hit this fly desperately because Bobo keeps staring at it. It's really distracting. Yeah. All right, continue. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> but uh, I, I think um, at MSI, when we actually played that game against Kingzone and won, that's mm -hmm. when we realized that, okay, we're actually a really good team because we just straight out macroed the best Korean team out of nowhere. Um, and obviously, getting into the the summer split, when the summer split started, we've been really inconsistent. So more than anything, I don't think we've necessarily been a bad team, but we've just been really inconsistent and we had to pick up on a lot of those things. We did it did at MSI. Um, I think in our individual strength was still pretty good even at the start, but it has taken us a while to get back into, into all the, the strategies and actually playing good macro again and playing as a team. I mean, it makes sense, too, because, I mean, Reckless, uh, regardless of, like, individual skill on 80 carries, I mean, he was a component of this roster, and obviously, yeah. you were there as well, and, like, it, it, you never got to play as this five until this season. So, I guess so. I mean, it makes sense that it take a little bit of time. How has that transition been with you learning oh. bot lane, with the potential for Soaz also to go bot lane? Um, it's been pretty good. I think, um, especially now, we're, like, actually, like, tapping into the advantages it gives us in-game. Because obviously there's stylistic differences that uh, and more freedom to the support player when I play a more self-sustaining champion. Mm. So like if I'm playing a champion like Vladimir, it's much easier for Hillsang to have more freedom in the game, take more roams without having to worry too much about uh, I'm going to get dove on the first wave, you know. Whereas in, in in the standard meta, if you know if you leave your your you know your Kog'Maw or his little turret on his own, he's he's not getting out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is doomed. So we're playing a little more with the freedom we have there and seeing what we can do. Uh, in terms of early game macro, because I feel like that was the biggest issue we had as a team, even starting in summer, is that, uh, especially MSI, is that we were really banking on individual L plays. So, like, this was mostly caps. Mm. Uh, you have the ASO games against RNG that everybody remembers because of the solo for kill, sure, but this game sure. was pretty much on lockdown on RNG's, from RNG's perspective up until caps did that. And then he broke open the game and made it into a state where it was a more than winnable game. So I feel like um, practicing early game macro and like having set plays that we can make is the step forward that we've made and it makes us look like a very much scarier team because I feel like as long as we get to that mid game like I explained earlier mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to lose to any EU team at least and having the set plays will make sure that we can get there and we can at the very least compete in the mid game against uh, international teams as well because right now like like I said if there's no individual like outplay, like or oh, someone like Broxick is a really good ganking in the early game, for example, or Caps makes an outplay one v one, or we get a two v two kill bot lane, the game doesn't necessarily break open, 
and it's not in a state where we can just wipe the enemy team off the map and just take full control. So working towards this and playing around neutral objectives a little bit better and you know set plays which is like tower dives or like contesting buffs or whatever is what we're going to try and practice and be really really good at this and then i think we'll be the, the scariest team in europe for sure i mean you guys are well on the way the only team to uh to beat misfits thus far denying I mean, them taking it all away i think that i think that misfits kind of knew themselves that, that their eight and was Partially because the teams were playing very poorly against them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they played well. You don't win sure. eight games. Yeah, you don't go nine and zero without like playing well. I, I'll give them that. But I feel like I never. When I played that game, I never had the feeling that we were going to lose. I, I was pretty convinced that that was a win on the board. Like I, after I got yeah. ganked and died, and I realized they didn't get anything other than two kills, I was really okay with the result. And. Uh, from that point on, I was basically okay. My Wukong is going to kill people. <laughs> like, this is the part where my Wukong is going to like, yeah, yeah, like mid lane for the, Fnatic. The game isn't lost to 15 minutes. Wukong will start killing people. So, Braxa, for you, I, I kind of want to know how you feel about your growth and your development. Because, I mean, there was a period in time where I think that you were struggling on the Fnatic roster to like find your identity and to find your place uh, in terms of like what you needed to provide to the team and like being consistent in that. But now it feels like since last split and even in this split where you guys haven't like necessarily had the perfect split where you've dropped a few games here uh here and there and you might feel like you're number one but it's not as like clear cut as it was in the past let's say um it still feels like you're showing up it still feels like you're doing well what what's changed for you since joining Fnatic versus now where like you really feel like you've made it as an individual because your name was like amongst those counted when when Whippo brought up kind of individual talent I think in the beginning well in the beginning I was literally brought up to the team to basically do whatever the team needed me to. Um, there was a lot of strong um, individual players with um, strong opinions and everything on the team in the beginning, and I was just, you know, coming out of nowhere. I, you know, they would just tell me what to do, and I would listen. Like, I mean, make, I mean, it makes sense when you look at yeah. history. You're like subbed in halfway through a season exactly, with like, like one of the most veteran lineups possible. It, it was a bit <laughs> of a surprise for me. I didn't really see it coming, so I was like, okay, sick. Now I'm in LCS. I'm just gonna do whatever you guys tell me to, and then hopefully. I can, I can actually stay on the team, right? Hmm. And then I think already in summer split last year, I slowly started to get get into it. It got a little better. Um, I did struggle in the beginning transitioning to tanks because when I joined Fnatic in the first place, I was carry only player. Like it, it also in the beginning in my first LCS play. I mean, your, your first like week and a half was, <laughs> luckily for you, for and for public perception, was uh, was like a was like a leeson highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, luckily for me, in my first split spring last year, it was leeson, elise, and Kha'Zix meta. It was my meta. Like, <laughs> it, it was actually what I do best. And then after that, after that, in the beginning of summer, I s- suddenly had to actually learn tanks, mm. which was really difficult for me because in all my years playing the game, I would never play tanks. I would just only play carry champs, gang everyone, go for big plays. And that's actually weird to think of now because at this point I'm not really known as a carry player anymore. Um, and I also see myself as, as more of a supportive player in a sense. Mm. Like um, I'm more the guy that has to like sit up, sit back and try to, you know, look at the map and see see what to do. Like. Know, make sure to know what play we're gonna do, 
um, calm people down if they get too hyped and just make sure we play the game slow and smart you are like you're like the perfect rock like we've talked about this already like you that you're willing you have to play what you need to to adjust to the team comp you get a kindred game every now and then but you adjust there you have to adjust like mentally to calm people down you need to look at the map and take it you were the rock of fanatic to to be fair if you look at our team um already before we played with we were bot lane (laughs) there was a lot of aggression (laughs) and before when huli sang joined the team our bot lane started playing really aggressive. And I thought that Huli Sang was playing really, really aggro. And it scared me a little once in a while as a jungler. Cause Dude, suddenly... Anyone who's ever watched Hilla Sang has been scared because there was a time, like, he looks really good now, but there was a time period where I was adamant that this dude was a coin flip player because he would all in on like, yeah, the most I mean, random uh, stuff ever. But all of a sudden, after going from GSE to Huli, there was all of a sudden a lot of aggression in the bot lane. And not, then when Weebo joined him, yeah, I mean, then uh, things went down <laughs> yeah, in the bot lane. Like, <laughs> so for me as a jungler, like, it's a battlefield. It, it has been a, a little scary at times because we have so many aggressive players. Caps also plays extremely aggressive. Um, so I think generally me and Soas kind of have to balance it out in a way and yeah, I mean, be, be a bit more chill <laughs> and try to calm people down, play a bit slower. Let me put it this way. I tamed Hillisang. He's the one that stops me now. Yeah. He he is the one that's, like, he's the <laughs> one that says, um, the jungler's vault side, by the way. Like, oh, oh, really? I didn't notice. You Wait, know? I'm Hillisang, sorry. Like, Hillis, like, actually, Hillisang, like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's like, time to chill out. We're playing, when we're playing <laughs> in scrims or even on stage, he is the one slowing me down. He's like, I don't think it's a good trade. The jungler's there. I'm like, like, you know, what I mean? and now that I realize, you know, like, holy, I tamed Hillisang, you know, like, holy moly, this guy's like slowing down. But I think he plays really well. I actually think he's been playing really well since um, I'm playing bot. Maybe I'm biased because I'm playing with him. Hillisang, you're talking about, yeah. Hey, he's been playing really well. Um, I feel like we complement each other a lot, especially the champions I'm playing and the champions that we will be practicing. Um, I just feel like I enable him. In the sense that I'm always down to fight. And um, I think that's something that was sometimes missing from our bot lane. Uh, I think at MSI, for example, um, that Reckless didn't always feel confident to follow him up and the other way around. So I feel like that's something that me and Hilly have worked on. And it comes to a point where I've been conditioned by the team by watching the team. So like the difference, I think, between me and Brox is Brox got thrown in to do whatever the team wanted to do, whereas I've always been conditioned from the start when I joined the team in these in the first few months before playoffs, I was always watching the team play and trying to understand is what does Fnatic want from their top laner? Yeah. At the time, obviously top lane, now bot lane. Um, but at the same time, I got to understand from like Joey's perspective, Dylan's perspective, all the players' perspectives, what do they look for in Fnatic's top lane? Mm-hmm. What do they want from their top laner? Like what champions does he need to play? And how does he approach the game? Where does he need to be? When does he need to be there? What does he need to be able to do? All this stuff. And thanks to that is one of the reasons I've had a lot of success in the top lane in Fnatic. But the same went for bot lane because obviously Hilly and Reckless were playing together and I, being in the team, I noticed this too. It's like, what does Hillisang want from his AD carry and what does Reckless want from his support? And I noticed that Thanks to that, and thanks to all the VODs and well, VODs, all the scrims that I got to watch over those months, I got to understand, okay, this is what Hillisang wants. And this is like what he feels comfortable playing. So I think that played a really big role in me adapting to bot lane really quickly and being comfortable playing bot lane. On top of the fact that people were just 
really bad at mages like like at the start like you would, so, you would like if we would like play against a traditional 80 carry player and i would just pick swine into them they had no idea how to dodge never move like they would just die <laughs> i mean we saw it in uh when you guys played rift rivals too those those yeah jesus christ carries forget oh, how to dodge my, yeah like they, like they just forget how like they don't know how to dodge the move or like they don't know how to play around the champion it's just so free like it's so free oh, but now like now it's getting better people actually know what my champion does they know how to play around it you're using their brain um so it's a little harder to just stomp them and i think that right now in the meta people are realizing that ad carries actually have lane pressure on mages so they're they're the ones that push the wave that's why Heimerdinger is so prioritized as a mage mm -hmm. is because he's the guy that pushes the wave against AD carries. But most AD carries actually push in mages. So let's talk about AD carries a little bit. Uh, Reckless, still not playing, still yeah. not starting. One of the things that I feel like makes your guys' style so strong is that you're flexible and you can play just about anything yeah. in the meta. When AD carries come back into the meta, uh, if you guys keep this five-man roster, who actually picks up the mantle of someone that can continue that? Or are you guys just okay not having someone who plays 80 carries? Well, I think it highly depends on how good they are and how many there are playable. Because mm. if 80 if carries are back, but you can still only play two 80 carries or three 80 carries at like, like consistently that you can blind pick in every matchup, because I think that's the biggest problem, is that you can play champions like Ash, bot lane, for example, and you can have success. But the problem is, is if this guy plays like a hard counter, like I'm not going to say Yasuo, because I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what the champion counter yeah, is. But, but anything with kill yeah. pressure. And you basically need to draft the lane with Tom Kench. This is the virus syndrome right now. Is like, virus is pretty good right now. He's even, like, really good, some would say. But he needs Tom Kench next to him. Or he just can't lane bot lane without getting just chain killed by mages because of the high kill pressure they have. So, um, depending on how many AD carries, obviously, if AD carries are, are really strong again, and there's several ones that we can play, Reckless is going to come back, naturally. But if there's only one or two 80 carries, I'm more than okay with picking up one or two and then just playing them at an okay level so we can just maintain our flexibility and not necessarily have the highest like win rate. Because at the end of the day, it's the same reasoning I'm playing over Reckless. It's not like Reckless can't play Vladimir, you know? Like, the champion isn't that hard. He's a good player. He can play it. But I'm just that much better at it and I have way more options. So at the end of the day, if there's only one or two 80 carries and I still have way more options, there's still a pretty good chance that I'm going to play, even though that one or two eighty carries are OP, and we just either pick it or just mm. draft around it. Or there's several ones, and he just steps in, and he can play one or two mages if necessary. I think this is the most realistic outcome. Because people that don't know, um, I think in terms of performance, I don't even think Reckless necessarily has that much worse of a performance than I do in our practice. Mm. So like he's still performing really well. It's just a matter of all the outside factors making playing me a little more reasonable yeah well and i mean the flexibility seems like it's really important for, for you guys um and it's continued to be do you feel like you guys can at this pace because it feels like you guys kind of stumbled into this right in the sense that suddenly half of your champion pool in top lane was viable in bot lane and of course you picked up some other stuff along the way for sure but do you feel like if we keep seeing swings in the meta, multiple AD carries coming back, that you can keep up with that? Um, you meant, already mentioned potentially picking up two AD carries if those were yeah, viable. Like, like I said, it's just a matter of which AD carries are good. Because, like for example, Lucian is something that I've touched up. I've touched upon Lucian because he was the prime counter pick the Gangplank for some time. So like this is a champion that has been played top lane. But you know, if you're asking me to pick up Kaisa and Kogmaw, then God bless you know. <laughs> God, God bless you know. I don't know what's gonna happen you know, at that point. <laughs> 
you know, I just salute Reckless. Like, <laughs> we need you, brother. Like, you can play the attack move, eighty carries. Yeah, I'll play like, the fun I mean, ones. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not necessarily that. It's just at that stage, if they're really OP, and mm, if he goes sure. on stage, and enemy team has to ban both just because he's on the enemy team, you know, then God bless. You know, let's play the video game. Let's go. But if it's like Lucian Ezreal, I'm pretty sure I can play these champions with enough practice. It's just right now we haven't pushed ourselves like i'm like, i think it's a good idea because like i said i think 80 carries have lane pressure yeah but meh you know it's like meh <laughs> it's like i'm probably not going to be good enough at them and like yeah i mean it's like a it's big just, investment for something that may not pay then, off like, at you all. have this guy like like sitting down just looking at me you know like you have reckless just in the background being like judging me like, like mm, oh you're gonna play evolution today huh? yeah, huh, yeah. yeah you know you don't want to pick think you're funny yeah yeah you, you pick think you're swing? funny picking the champion how about you pick kogma yeah do it <laughs> oh no, like that's what i mean so it's like <laughs> i think if eddie carries are back and they're good enough i think we sure. should just play reckless yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like... I mean, if we end up in a meta where it's literally 8 or 9, 80 carries for Viable. Yeah, exactly. Then there's no reason to play me over Reckless. Like, at the end of the day, I still am convinced he's a better player than me. Don't get me wrong. It's just... I add more to the team as a whole. Yeah. Because drafting advantages, blah, 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 blah. All this good stuff. So I, I've heard you, Whippo, talk a lot about how, like, the dynamic is different. Uh, you know, what is it? Goon Squad versus whatever for, for Fnatic, you know? Uh, so, Brox, I'm curious. You've been on so many different... Uh, additions, let's call it rosters, I guess is probably the better word, of Fnatic. Yep. How does it compare, um, like, in terms of environment when it's when it's Bwipo playing on stage versus Reckless? Is it, like, more calm and control with Reckless and more wild with Bwipo? What is it, how has it been different for you? I actually think uh, exactly that is a pretty good description of how it is because generally when when having Bwipo and Huli bot lane, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot more action in the bot lane. I think they are both getting much better now at controlling the aggression and playing a little beast a little more <laughs> playing a little more smart um i think especially people in the recent weeks has worked hard on actually losing bottling gracefully as we call it yes <laughs> bottling gracefully that was the goal of the week yeah th this has been one of the big points recently of just playing a safe champion like vladimir sitting back and trying to challenge himself and actually not necessarily winning his lane but just going even <laughs> No like the grin on your face is so great. Oh, he explains this, Blippo. Like the like I, I may have been really trolling. You know, like I mean, not even in scrims, you know. Team Liquid versus Fnatic. Oh yeah. Well, I'd like I'm like Vladimir, and I'm not level. Like that. That was actually the the beam. Is that when I played Vladimir, like in in our practice or on stage, I would legit either be under 50 HP or dead level one, every single game up until like. The 10th game we played him. Like, I'm not kidding. This happened every single game. I was either almost dead or dead level one. Like, it was really troll. Yeah. So you talk about that aggression is starting uh, to get tempered I, I, now? I think the aggression is uh, getting a little more controlled now. Um, I can trust my bot lane a bit more, if you can put it that way. Before, there was like 60, 40, or 70, 30% chance of my bot lane hardcore stomping the enemy team or getting stomped. For now... They're more reliable. Like when I go into a game, I'm not scared of my bot lane going 0 2 in the first five minutes. I expect them to actually survive if they need to. <laughs> so it's getting better, it's getting more controlled. Feels good, man. And as a jungler, it's it's a great feeling. I, 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 like I, I quite like it. If they need to, as if there's going to be some situations where they need to die. Like where they, I mean, like, they're like so utterly like, compelled that they I have mean, to go in and die. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a lot of it was also synergy building, right? Like a lot of times where like. Hilly wants to go and I like I want to go and, and 
it just doesn't work out. Mm. Also because of champion mechanics, because like there's certain combos, like especially Swine has some really specific things you can do bot lane only. So like, uh, you know, you have the Alistar Swine that was like really popular. We were one of the first teams to like pick it up because we realized how stupid it was. Um, the first the first game we played it, we we killed the enemy laner level one because they didn't know I could like head like headbutt. I could pull on the headbutt. So like I, I like Hilly ranked headbutt level one, headbutted into him level one, and I pulled him into our creeper, and he just died. And he had no idea what hit him. You know, like this guy was like, "What the?" Like you know, he was really, really, really triggered. This is like the first time in the history of League of Legends where I feel like pro players have to start reading tooltips. Exactly, it was really <laughs> insane. It was actually like me and Hilly were laughing our asses off for like the entire day because of that one kill. So like because of stuff like this, where it's like obviously a so much kill pressure on like every lane mm. that. You have, you feel like you have the power, right? When you feel like you have the power, you need to either, you got, you got either go. unleash it or you control the beast, you know. And then I finally learned how to control the beast a little bit. There you go. Um, like even the game against Splice on, on Jarvan, I EQ'd forward when I had like 12 CS under my turret. That was not controlling the beast. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it actually is really good for me, and I've been learning a lot. And in terms of playstyle, and just being a slower player, and being a smarter player, just being like, okay. I could this guy up, or or you could. I could bomb. wait until Broxa comes or gets close, and then do it. Ah, ah. <laughs> Obviously, Broxa likes hearing that. Like, Going from the fifty-fifty like, play to the, the yeah, seventy-thirty. Eh? It's it's honestly like one of the things I realized in Fnatic, you know, because the players are pretty good. Is if if I don't feed, like generally speaking, someone on the enemy team is going to do it before I do. So as long as I don't. Usually mid lane, but we'll call it, that growth. Yeah, That's usually growth, the, the enemy mid laner will will end up dropping a kill. That's exactly what happened against Misfit. Actually, is like I dropped one kill and then you know that kind of sucked. But it was a really forced gank. It was a pretty good setup for Misfit. It's it's so but, hard for me to be critical of you, even though you die. Not, I mean, not all the time because you always come in here so happy. You're like, you look, I, mean, I died, I fed, I did it. But you know what? Is, here's what happened. <laughs> it means I still have a lot of room for improvement, and that like motivates me. Cause you know what I mean. Like if I if I went on the LCS stage and like I played like a game where I make no mistakes, or like very little mistakes, or the mistakes are like very small things. Like for example, oh, I could have played the lane differently and, and held my TP advantage here, and this could have been good, or blah blah blah. Whereas if I just straight up make a mistake and just int it, at least I know you know I entered it. If I don't make this mistake, the game will be good next time. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing that motivated me after MSI is like I made a lot of mistakes, like a lot of mistakes in MSI. Like I played. Very mediocre, I think. And most people like were okay with it because oh, he's a rookie, blah blah blah. Like you can give it to him. But for me personally, I feel like I underperformed a lot. And the fact that I made that many mistakes and still had a respectable performance in the sense that I wasn't like falling behind in any of the top liners, bar maybe let me. Um felt pretty good because I felt like if I just shore up the, the issues, I just yeah. make sure that I don't run it down anymore. <laughs> that um who knows? Maybe I am a world-class player. <laughs> world-class bot laner now. Ooh. The development is there. Uh, one last thing. You guys brought something uh, to share, to show. Ross, you want to you grab it? Ooh, I, I, didn't, I, I know there's a story here. Yeah. Uh, but I still haven't seen it, and I'm not entirely sure what it is. <laughs> All right, so we have a... Is this... Is this... A challenger jacket? Hell yeah, this dude. Is, Who's challenger this jacket? This is not just a challenger jacket. This is the jacket. Yeah. This is Caps' challenger jacket. <laughs> oh my god. Right here. <laughs> right here, everyone. Yeah. This, this is what you've He's been waiting to see. 
Can you hand me this thing? Can I see this? Holy moly. Of course you can. So. Beautiful. We. I was kind of hoping it'd say caps on the back. It does. Oh, no, unfortunately. Well, we were asked. 2016. We were asked to bring an item or something cool to show. Yeah, yeah. And then at first we didn't really know what to bring, but then I think it was Puibo that got the idea, like, why don't we bring caps as challenges jacket? Because there you go. This this jacket is actually really important to our team, and well, the story behind it is that um, so caps generally likes to um, scare enemy mid laners off a little bit. So you know, if he's going up against someone, he feels like he has to make them feel a little threatened, scare them a bit. Mm-hmm. Then. Mm-hmm. So the studio, he brings his jacket, he puts on his jacket, walks around with it in the studio, and yeah. when the enemy mid laner notices him in his challenge jacket, it's over. he will be scared. Like, the mid laner is yeah, won over. already. Mental we, we have two big mental advantages, right? So, yeah, actually at this point, every time we go to LCS, we all pay attention to if, if Caps actually wears <laughs> his jacket or not. Because we know that if he wears his jacket, it's going to be a good day. We're going to Wait, was he wearing it the day you guys played UOL? What you all? What, what, I, I what actually, the Friday <laughs> oh, this week? I, I actually don't even think so. Like no, no, he only brings it for matches that he yeah. feels like it's necessary. If he feels, like, so he, he, he popped off that hard without the challenger jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me he didn't bring it. To, like he didn't bring it to NA. He did not bring the challenger jacket to River. I was like, no, nah, I don't need it. But like, I'm not bringing my challenger jacket to yeah, NA. I say, like, NA challenger is very it. different from EU challenger. Yeah. Not nearly as intimidating. I if, just need it. If Caps feels it's gonna be a, a tough game, if he feels we need the power of the jacket. Then he's gonna wear the jacket, yeah. and that's when we know Caps is ready to yeah, make some big plays. Yeah, the game is good. <laughs> Every time we invite a fanatic member on this podcast, we find out about a new fanatic pregame ritual. So, do you guys still play Werewolves? Uh, we actually play a different game called Avalon now. It's like the same. Oh, idea. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah Avalon's same good. Thing. Just like another board Camelot game. theme. Yeah, 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 same idea. Um, but I just feel like by like the end of next season, you're gonna have like 20 rituals. Like I'm gonna know about like. Brox's garlic necklace, Caps's jacket, the game of Avalon, yeah, I mean, dance Bupo does every time. Like, holy moly. you guys have so many little things that you do to make sure you win before. I mean, games that just, are not at all related to League yeah, of Legends. I mean, it's just good fun, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just really funny because like, it's just something to blame. So there's something lighthearted, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. we lost because you didn't have the jacket, you know. And everyone knows it's obviously not true, but it just helps. Like, it makes you smile, you know. Like, when you know, like, like ah, we didn't bring the jacket. And you know, like, ah, I have something to blame now. I believe it. And we have a we have an internal tournament called Rumble. We play every year. I'm going to ask to borrow the challenger jacket to, to strike fear <laughs> into the enemy mid laner. I actually think Caps told me this, but since Dylan Droid, apparently Fnatic has never gone zero two. They've always gone one and one at the very least. Uh, that's what I was told. That's actually a really I, interesting stat that I'm interested in seeing. I could not definitely not check it for you on the fly. I can tell you by Friday. Yeah, yeah that works. But like, it's actually <laughs> after actually, the show. I can yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. I cannot check that on the fly. But it's like it's actually really interesting. I think because it goes to show how even when we lose, like small lighthearted stuff like this, like brings us back up and just make sure that we can perform on the next day. At least for now, I don't know if it, how it was in summer last year or um, how it used to be, but for spring and summer right now, like it's been the same. It's like as soon as we lose like one day, we quickly identify the issues, mm. just talk over like this is not acceptable or blah, blah, blah. Like, we, can't, we can't have this happen or this is what we need to change in draft and then tomorrow the game will be good. And that's what's been happening. So ever since that I joined the team, I haven't seen our team go 0-2 actually, from what I recall. Well, I can't remember exactly if we never had a, a zero two week. Uh, I don't want to promise anything in that regard, but I know for a fact that 
generally speaking, after after losses. Like ever since I joined the team, after a loss, the team would be really down and upset. Like none of us um, can really accept losses. It's mm-hmm. not it's not like we come into big discussions or argue or get mad at each other, but we just all have a really hard time to accept losing because um, we're just that competitive persons. Mm. And I also remember someone last year in. It was actually the last week of regular split. Um, we had a week where we were about to play NIP, the NIP that was viewed as a very bad LCS team. It was a very <laughs> bad LCS team, um, yeah. <laughs> and we had a week where first we went up against NIP, and then we went up against G2 after in the same week. And somehow we got completely stomped by NIP. Like they com- oh, that was the Nogne game. Was that one of the games where Nogne popped off? I can yeah, remember. could be. I, I, I'm i not even sure exactly what happened. I've probably tried my best to forget about it because it was a little rough. But I just remember we went into the game, um, generally speaking, looking at everything like surrounding the team. Like We thought we would win. Everyone thought we would win around yeah. the scene. And then we go into the game and they just completely stomp us. And then, uh, yeah, I think the... The first 10-15 minutes after the game were a little rough, like everyone were a little upset, but usually we're pretty good at actually talking it through, talking about it, what we need to improve for next time. So in the same week, we got completely destroyed by NIP, and then we absolutely smashed G2. Like It, it actually didn't make any sense in a way, but we're just pretty good that once it starts going wrong, then we just give it a, a little extra next time and make sure that we actually win. I think from a f- the perspective of any kind of fanatic fan, that's probably exactly what they want to hear. So that if you ever have a bad Friday, they can like keep the faith going into Saturday, no matter who you're facing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or a rough first week of Worlds group stage into the yeah the miracle <laughs> second week if we see it again this year. Uh, actually, I think generally speaking, looking at our team, we've always performed the best when we feel threatened or when we really have something to lose. Mm. Um, I think. Especially last year, when we played the semifinals matches, we would always do pretty poorly compared to what was expected from us, and we would end up in third places. Um, and then when we were in the gauntlet, we actually really popped off. Like we, we usually play really well in those matches where we really have something to lose. Um, so in the gauntlet, we did really well against H2K. At Worlds, we somehow managed to show up because when we feel threatened and when we feel like things are, are going south, we kind of bring back the, the animal style in a way, yeah. the style where we unleash the beast. We, we know we have nothing to lose, so <laughs> we just go full <clears throat> ham and hope for the best. Best example of this is uh, the tiebreaker against Team Liquid at MSI, I think. Like, the best example I experienced, because the very first play we made was Caps roaming bot, flashing behind the enemy bot lines tier one at minute like five, <laughs> and going for a gank. Like, no fear, you know, like, we're playing a tiebreaker match to go to playoffs at MSI, and Caps, the first thing he does, like, I think I can flash behind their turret and gang bot lane, you know, and everyone's like, Caps? Like, you know, like, and he just goes, you know, and then, holy shit, like, it's, it's really incredible because this entire game, the entire game through, he showed no fear and just hard carried all of us. It was insane. Like, if Unleash the Beast is not on an entire line of Fnatic merch by the end of the year, I'm going to be severely disappointed. Yeah, it's 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 right. also just a hype conceptually, I think, as a viewing experience. Because now when I cast, I can say, oh, well, there, whip him. Yeah. Tried to Unleash the Beast. Didn't, yeah, it didn't uh, work. <laughs> little, and then you little. can say, we're controlling the Beast too. Because that's, that's basically been the, the, the theme for me in Caps, I think. 
Caps in terms of champion pool. We have to control the beast in, in, in this champion pool. And for me, it's you, uh, you during him, the landing phase. I have man, to you let the him beast. play Wukong this week. You're controlling the <laughs> that, that was controlling. That was it. I think that's actually controlling the beast compared to so, some of the ideas <laughs> we're experiencing. The Wukong was actually mild. Was yeah. tame. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it's also because it's like he, when he wants to, or at least um, when he needs to, he plays very controlled. Mm. Like. This entire game, like I think the Wukong game is a very good example where Caps just played very controlled and when the game like when the situation was good, he goes in and pops off, you know, like he plays controlled the entire game and then like at twenty five minutes he just decides the game is over. Flashes in on Lucian, one shots the guy, you know. Like, that's what I'm saying. It just goes to show you that he, he can play a very controlled style, it's very scary for the enemy team, I think, because you never know when he's coming. You never know when the beast is the beast is getting unleashed. <laughs> that's like the weirdest fanatic fan. <laughs> this is like the fanatic you <sighs> All right, boys. Thanks for talking about Fnatic. Uh, next up, we're going to play Would You Rather. I have two for you guys today. Uh, one of them is kind of weird. It's more like a you get X, but it comes at a cost. It's kind of like deal with the devil kind of thing. We'll start with that one. So you gain perfect knowledge of League of Legends. Macro knowledge, champion knowledge, everything. In-game, however, you can only communicate in emotes and pings. Oh, that's easy. Would uh, you take that deal? Oh, absolutely. Okay. For sure. Like, what the hell? For sure. Easily. Easily? Easily. Not even a question. Like, what the hell? Not speak at all. You get emotes <clears> and pings. <throat> hell no. I like get five emotes. You get like five. Yeah, pings. No, I don't even need the emotes. Just give me the pings. I'll, I'll do fine. I actually think the same. If you have perfect knowledge of yeah. League of Legends, like, basically, you just need a guy to, like, constantly look at what the guy with the perfect knowledge is doing to read his pings. So, you know, if I have yeah. perfect knowledge, then maybe Huli can just look where I'm spam pinging. So I spam ping to go here and here, and then yeah. he can be the shot caller in that sense. Yeah. Oh my god! So you guys don't you like you just create like a communication system? No, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would pings. just run around smurfing. You know, like <laughs> perfect knowledge it doesn't. Like, you know what I mean? Just, just ping assist here, ping assist there. I go there, like ping on my way here. So know? it's not even like you'd level up your team. You just accept that you're no, no. no like, I mean, like, like you would be really smurfing, and then the only thing you have to do is just like ping on my way. You know, and then your team knows. Oh, he wants to fight. All right, let's go. You know, like yeah. I think that like pings are actually like a really good way of communicating i ping when we're playing competitively like if you look at the minimap when when i'm playing mm -hmm. um one thing i know is is like i actually we ping the map quite often like for example if we're lane swapping for teams scouting us we probably have noticed that i will ping on my way on the top lane tier one there you go that way so as knows for sure like i am coming top lane or like, for example, like I want to do Herald, I'll ping assist or I'll ping on my way, like depending on what I want to do. I'll ping assist if I want someone to hit it. I'll say, oh, I think we should do Herald. Then if I ping assist, it means right. I'm not hitting I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to make this more complicated because you guys are both too <laughs> eager. All right, new situation. You get perfect knowledge of League of Legends. All right. The rest of your team are mechanically good players, but are in macro terms are dumb as hell. And you now have to okay. lead an entire team exclusively with pings. Still the same thing. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't like ego, you know, like if that <laughs> ego and they don't listen to you, then it's FF, you know, but <laughs> as long as they are reasonable and they know you're like really smart and they listen, it's fine, no? I think it depends a lot on the team <laughs> and the exact oh. situation because I think in some cases you're going to feel like you're actually... Well, you're really hard stuck in a in a really bad team, and depending on how bad the players actually are, you yeah. might even be you know at the bottom of the stand. Yeah, obviously, but like if they're mechanically like not <laughs> monkeys, you know, like if they can play the video game, use the, use the mouse <laughs> and keyboard like human beings. So then it, it depends. Fine. Like <laughs> if they're actually you know decent to a certain level and they're like trying their best to actually get better and don't have ego and listen mm -hmm. to you, then it's fine. But if they're really bad at the game while having yeah. a big ego and just ignore everything you yeah, tell them, then 
then I think you're gonna get, get a mental breakdown really fast. <laughs> get me out. No, but that's obviously the the benchmark. And even then, because obviously you uh, didn't specify criteria, you could just be a coach. Could I'm saying your entire what if what if you can only communicate via ping? Like, oh, like even as a coach, you, like, you can't just outside like, of the game. Say you like, oh, so not even outside of the game, you read, can't help them. You can't write. You can't oh, speak. So you, you can communicate. Oh, oh, that's actually one more time. Oh yeah, no. Then <laughs> then obviously I don't think it's like. Then, but, but everyone knows. Here's the thing. Everyone yeah, knows no, no, you're the best no, but like, player, and you're like the smartest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point it would just have to be like, you just have to like. Just link your, you know, you record your games and just like go to your coach and just put it on the table. <laughs> Here you go, you know, like this is what, like, you can't even say this is what, what I want our team to do. You just, just be like, mm. open up league. Yeah. Ping, ping, ping. I, I, think, I think at that point, if you can't even speak and explain outside the game, yeah. it's really not yeah. worth it. Then I think it would be really, really depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I imagine you can still talk about other stuff, just not legal. Sure. Not yeah. Legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my point. You yeah. know, like, at that point, like, I'm sure you could work around it. And I'm sure it, w it would be worth the while because you would be like, you would be faker, faker, you know, it'd be like yeah. super faker. You'd be hard smurfing. But. <laughs> All right, good to hear communication is at least a little important to it. I mean, it's. Yeah, <laughs> of course, it's <laughs> really, think, really important. But also, I, th I think the point for me is that the ping system is actually pretty useful. Like, I think there the biggest go. difference between high and low elo is that low elo does not ping. They refuse to ping for some reason. Whereas I, my six ping is not always because my jungler is feeding. <laughs> Pink system then carrying it through. All right, last or last one for the week. You get a team. So let's say you're a team owner or a coach or a manager, whatever. You can have a team consisting of three star players and two absolute trash cans, or you can get five average players. What would you take? Depends how trash can the trash can is. I'm talking. Let's like, say like, like gold five. Let's say no. Let's say like they have like. Bare minimum mechanical fundamentals for diamond pro. three, you know, like sure, I, I and they're like, but they're like not smart in macro sense, but they like they will probably lose lane to most LCS inches. players, but they won't like hard int <laughs> most of the time. All right, the question is, will they solo lose the game or not? Because sure. if you have three people that are smurfing and you have three people that can solo win the game, and you only have two that can solo lose, yeah, I, I would actually take the the three star players and the two really bad players because mm. I think for the most part, if they are actually decently smart and actually want to play play safe and let the others carry them, then yeah. it can be fine. But it really depends on the situation again, because if these guys are not that great at the game and at the same time want to carry, mm. then uh, it's not going to end up very well. So I like this. Can, Bryce, you always take into account what kind of people they are, yeah. like what but, their personality well, is. If they, can, you know, if they can accept you know, sitting a bit back and just playing safe, then I'm sure they will get carried and do well. Important. If they're mid jungle and your mid jungle is trash can, FF. Like, <laughs> FF. I don't care if you have three star players in top and bot lane. If they're not mid or jungle, then would go you, next really fast. Would you, what if you like your star players are mid and jungle? But then, then, then it's like the free. Like, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But those are your, let's sign them right, right now. now. You, know? you only get two and they're you only mid jungle. You only get two jungle. mid jungle? Like, I would, I would really consider it, you know, because I think like if you have a good mid jungle 2v2 and they know how to play around each other, like, you can have like, as many trash cans as you want, you know, like hard carry. So for everyone out there looking men, to duo queue, yeah, mid jungle yeah, yeah. is how you control the game. I mean, it's it's I, like Hilly actually talked to me yesterday, and it was the funniest thing. Like at least I thought, and he was like, he was just like randomly saying like, yeah, like 
we don't really have Hans bot lane, you know, like we don't really have Hans bot lane. Like, like basically how I started was he was saying that if Caps is good in the game, the game is in good hands, you know. And I was like jokingly saying, what about me? You know, what, what if I, what if I'm good in the game? Are my hands not good enough? And he's like, but you don't have hands. I'm like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> what the hell? Are you? Like he's just flaming me, you know. He's like, no, no, no. It's just like it's just bot lane. Like you just don't have hands compared to mid lane. Like you don't have as much impact in the game. It's just not a good enough lane. It's like it doesn't matter if it's me or it's Broxo or or or, or, or so as. You don't have hands compared to mid lane. At the same time, I think it's kind of a meme in a way because no matter what role you are, you're gonna complain that your role is weak <laughs> yeah, compared yeah, to yeah. other roles. So, for example, me and Caps would always complain that it's the League of Bot Lane and that better yeah, Bot Lane yeah. wins and all this, while Bot Lane, um, it's like will always, yeah, say so it's all about mid jungle. So, regardless of what role you are, it's always gonna be this way. I think for solo queue, it really doesn't matter what role you are. It's just yeah. True. a big coin flip in a sense. I mean, but but um, in competitive. I think for sure mid jungle have a really big impact on the game yeah. because for example like early game i'm supposed to be the one controlling the game and telling people uh, where enemy jungler is where i'm gonna gank what we're what the game plan is and all this and if we have mid pressure then i can do exactly whatever i want we can gank bot we can do drake we can do herald we can do whatever we want but if caps is behind i'm really doomed in the game yeah, as well yeah, yeah. because if we don't have mid pressure then I'm gonna get invaded and they're gonna do everything yeah. themselves. So it's a lot about mid jungle and the mid jungle to be to actually doing well and winning. Coming back on the solo queue part, um, I think uh, the way I've always looked at solo queue is that you're gonna win 33% of your games no matter what you do. You're gonna lose 33% of the games no matter what you do. And what actually matters is what you do with the last 33%. So I feel like that's like the mentality a lot of people don't understand is that they feel like, you know, they lose a game that they shouldn't have lost, but it's just part of the 33% you're going to lose. Like, if you have a dirty intern on your team that actually wants to lose and runs it down, you're going to lose. And as long as you're not one of those dirty interns that actually wants to lose, you're going to win 30%. Yeah. You're going to win a game you're feeding. Like, that's just going to happen eventually. You're, you're going to end up winning. Of course, the percentages are just for the sake of, of the idea, but it's really that last 33% where if you're just hard trying to like trying your hardest to improve and just playing the game purely for the sake of getting better and winning you're gonna have like a good win rate or you're gonna like climb yeah and it's gonna take a long time because at the end of the day you know you can have five games in a row of the 33 percent where there's a dirty inter on your team that doesn't want to win the game and then it sucks but as long as you keep it up you're probably yeah. gonna have a win streak where you just int it two games in a row and you win anyway it's definitely a grind what my uh an old roommate used to say when we played together was like look there's a one in five chance that the enemy that there's a troll on the enemy team, True. right? Let's say there's a one in four chance on your team, assuming you're not trolling, yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Like so, like uh, statistically, you'll start winning eventually. You're less likely to get trolled yeah. if you aren't the one hard inting and running it down, which is what he used to say to me when I would run it down in games. So, Ooh. <laughs> not I, intentionally, I was just I was just trash. Yeah, dude. I, was just trash I gotcha. I, I also think right now in the current method, the game is actually pretty balanced, so it doesn't even matter what role you are. Yeah. I think even top lane right now is really strong in solo oh. queue, where some of the recent months top lane was actually for sure the worst role in solo queue. <laughs> like it, it could be really hard. In solo hard. queue? <laughs> yeah, in solo queue. Um, and it, uh, solo queue was a lot like, I still, I might be biased, but in my eyes it was pure League of Bot lane, right? Um, yeah. But now mm. it, it doesn't matter as much what role you actually are. Like everyone can carry. It's just about using those 33% yeah, of yeah. Weibo mentioned to actually step up and just make sure you play consistent because if mm. you play consistent then eventually you should be able to 
get out of brawn, so you should be able to get some yeah, healer, right? It's an inspirational little. I, like I mean, it's, I think it's important for people to remember. I think that, like, for, for me, is good balancing is when you don't have to pick specific champions to win in a specific role. Yeah. Like, right now, I feel like you can jungle pretty much any t type of jungler and have a good game and be able to carry a game or have high impact in a game. Whereas the biggest problem I had with top lane in the, 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 few, pat or the few months before this was that top lane was a very high impact role if you were playing Camille. Like, if you were playing Camille, then you could hard carry a game and have, like, high impact. But if you weren't, then you were playing champions like Scion, where it's like, sure, you can have high impact and you have a lot of good moments and you can carry a game, kind of, but you're not going to actually, like, one versus five kill the Nexus. You're yeah. not going to end the game on your own or, like, hard carry team fights or any of this. So right now, I feel like you can pick any champion in top lane and have that impact. Like, hard carry fights or... or Play a good game of League of Legends I'm in pumped, almost man. every role. I'm pumped on Solo Keyed right now. It's honestly a good experience. I completely agree. But let's let's move on to uh, the tier list. We have some updating to do. So before, I'm going to go grab it. Give me a sec here. The downside of us, the mic not moving with me is you guys don't get to hear me narrate my movement. I'm also going to do one other thing. Ooh. <laughs> come through multiple mics here. I'm going to borrow this briefly. I feel like it needs to be a fixture for the episode as long as it's here. Oh, my Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it's too small, no? No, it doesn't work at all. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Put it back. He's no challenger. It was a good try. Good idea. <laughs> only caps can wear it. Yeah, actually. Only for caps. All right, boys. I'm back. I tried to put the jacket on reckless. It didn't work. Um, so this is the tier list we came up with last time. We're eight here? What the hell? Yeah, you, you guys Who's were trolling. Who is trolling? <laughs> mediocre ass. Who is trolling? Last time. This was like after Hello? you guys lost some games. I mean, yeah, but like, come on. Who's right. trolling? So, so we ended against Plies, fair enough, but the two losses right. we had were against Gold Funnel. Whole mic thing. Okay, so S tier was G2, Misfits, there was Ty. This was right before they had to play each other. A tier, Fnatic, B tier, Rocket, Vitality. Oh my god, we were so wrong. C tier, Unicorns of Love, Giants, Shalka, Splice, D tier, H2K. Wow. Now, there's a lot of movement that needs to happen. I do feel pretty confident that I can say that H2K probably still belong in D tier as they have still <laughs> The real question is, if they win a game, do they go up or not? Do we give them the, the pity move up? No, they don't get a pity move oh. I think you have to win more than one game to get a pity move up. I, I think it depends, right? Because last split, they were actually horrible in the beginning. Yeah, they, and they flipped around. Pretty, I'm not saying they can't now. flip it around. I'm and, just saying one game yeah, does not and, immediately move them up. And I remember, like, they were really horrible. And then at the end of the split, they actually looked like one of the better, like, low low tire teams, if you can put it that way. Like, they yeah. actually they made playoffs good. over Misfits, so. They almost yeah. beat Vitality. <laughs> there were, like, two back-to-back -back games where, like, a couple people like hard no, no, and yeah. no, otherwise no, winning yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, H2K did oh, look I mean, really we, good we, last season. We were like, H2K over Vitality. Didn't happen. So H2K still safely in D, I think. Now the question we kind of we just go through one team at a time. Unicorns of Love tied currently in eighth place with Giants. Do they still belong in C tier? Do we push them down to D? No, I don't think anybody deserves no. to be there. I think D D should be <laughs> <laughs> should be done for now. D is reserved. Got it. All right. I mean, I mean, well, I, I think I, I so. We, we shouldn't be too harsh, but you know they are zero ten. No, no, no. That's the clear. thing. Is it's like regardless, uh, they're just actually the worst team in the league and yeah. if D tier is not the spot for the worst team yeah, in the league yeah. who's at the spot for I mean I think um, I think you can move Shalka up one alright I think I think based on results 
Here, here. So ignore everything else. If we're just talking about Schalke, they're 4-0. Yeah. They're good, looking good. How strong do you think that they're B tier? Do you think they're A tier? I think they're B. I, I wouldn't put them on A tier. Yeah, I would put them on B. I'm, like, I'm obviously looking at the top two there, and uh, there's going to be some movement up there. So uh, I don't think they're quite on the level of the, the top three that we've got going on there. So I feel like B tier is a fine place right. for Schalke. This is actually just, I'm going to take a bunch of magnets off. We're going to go one at a time now. Eh, oh, eh. Holy moly, we're going in. We're going in. <laughs> I just realized it's so much harder to adjust. All right, we did Schalke. Schalke, the first team to enter B tier on the new tier list. I think they can go B. They're not alphabetical. Yeah. They have the like, they've always had the potential to be A, or maybe even S on a really good day. But I think putting them in B for now is fair, because they've been doing pretty well recently, yeah. but they didn't play some of the best teams either, so it's hard to yeah. say where they actually belong. This week they play you guys and G2. That's basically the test right there. Yeah. Like, if they beat us, they can go A or maybe S, depending on how good yeah. their performance is like, there. Exactly. If they have a good week now, then they can go A. Tie. If not, then... All right, I want to touch on Fnatic versus Schalke a little bit later, but for now, let's, sure. let's find another team. Um, I'm just going to grab one from the pile here, Rocket. I think they can go B. Yep. They're five. Also, uh, I feel like we're going to have a fatty B tier this time around. Mm, don't give them too much credit. I'm just saying, I feel like there's a lot. If Schalke are B tier at four and Rocket's B tier at five. I mean, yeah, but I think that's kind of what B tier should be. Yeah, it's the fattest. Yeah, the it's kind of the yeah. middle of the pack, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what makes UCS kind of competitive right now, in the sense that there's like there's like three teams competing for a clear first, and then there's like Giant six teams trying to compete for middle of the pack. So I feel like that's kind of what makes it competitive right now. All right, one team on the lower end of that middle of the pack is Unicorns mm. Love. This is a team that's had some good games. Is also, I mean, after what I witnessed in yeah. our game, I'm 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 gonna have to go with a little C here. <laughs> I, I was about to say the same. I think Unicorns can be a, a good team but like what they've shown so far has not been not been great and let's be real against us caps yeah. went 15-0 in yeah i mean so putting them in same we, we time we do kill them on a, in a gangplank lane bot lane so no but my point is is uh, i feel like they can be a b-tier team if their lanes get their shit together and don't don't like get smashed before cold can do stuff i think if they just play patient enough and like cold do his thing and like actually control the game, then I think they're a B-tier team. But right now, their laners aren't good enough to let that happen. I mean, Cold and Totoro, I feel like, are not too bad when Totoro isn't stuck by. No, exactly. Lane. But you then know, I get to watch the point. games. Yeah, where exactly. Like where, where it's like gets smashed. the game gets locked because their laners are getting outperformed, and then the game is just boom for unicorns. So I feel like C is where they belong right now. But if they shore up that weakness, I think a B-tier is very realistic. All right, I'm gonna go with the other team tied in standings right now with the unicorns of love, Giants. This is a team. They just played League of Legends in our league. They've looked all right. <laughs> they beat had, Aatrox last year. No, they they beat Aatrox. They beat G two. Um, they've had super up and down performances. I don't know. I thought Steelback had a couple of good games recently, which is not something I always expect from the dude who's had uh, been struggling for. He's a few also years now. had a few mediocre ones. He's only, of course, but uh, he's had some mediocre ones. Betsy's looked pretty decent as well. Uh, are they in the C tier threshold as well? Or are they going to move up to B tier? Um, I just like for me, it's hard to imagine. Like a like a, I don't I want to say win condition, but you know what I mean. Like when I think Giants, I don't think like oh, this player is going to make the game good. Yeah. So, for me, it's a C, but maybe Rox has a different opinion. I think it's for sure a C as well, and I think Giants and Unicorns have a similar problem in the sense that when they go up against most teams, they have weaker lanes. So already before the game has started, they're actually at a disadvantage. Yeah, they have a disadvantage already, and both of their I think both of the junglers are good. I think Cold is good and Joko is good, but these guys have a really hard time shining because 
as a jungler, you depend a lot on your lanes, right? Sure. Yeah. And these guys need to really pop off every single game for the teams to actually secure wins to to go up in the standings. So I think having both of them down there is, is pretty fair. All right. I like it. I mean, so far, B tier Shalka Rocket, C tier Giants Unicorns Love, uh, D tier H2K kind of lining up with how the standings look right now, which is which is cool and is always interesting to see like where the differences are. Uh, next team is Vitality. It's a team that struggled for a while. There's a lot of arguments that we're having on broadcast right now as to whether or not this team is actually like improving or getting better or if the, what used to work for them is just no longer working. Um, where do you guys see them right now and like where do you, what do you think of this team in general? I actually think they're C tier personally. I feel like the problem they have is that when the game goes bad, they just run it down mid with five people and they pray to God that they win a fight. And I don't think that's League of Legends. I just think that that's what they're doing. Um, you know, that's the same thing that happened against Misfits when the game was really good. Like at the end of the day, they just ran it down mid and just try to get 5v5 team fights. And when they lost, they lost the game. I don't feel like it has anything to do with macro. I don't think it has anything to do with being a good team, which means that you have a, a few decent individual players and you're trying to just... I don't know. Like it feels really troll, and I feel like that kind of performance should just be so. C. Before before I let you get in here, Brox, I'm curious what changed because like this was this was a team. Remember the seven one? They look pretty mm. good. Top four EULCS. What what's different for you this season, or would you like in the grand scheme of things always have called uh, no. Vitality? I think a C tier team. I think for me personally, mm. um, I feel like when they were seven and one, they were playing through mid lane really well. And I think that playing through mid was actually the way to go since spring, and then. Through him, they played through the sideline with Rise specifically uh, and other champions really well. So that their macro game was actually good, you know, like they were a good team because of this, because they were able to play through mid, play the macro game, and win the game. But now they're not playing through mid, or even, even when they're trying, it's not working. And then they're running it down mid as five people and just trying to get a fight. All right, C tier. I mean, I know, I know, and those guys are going to be sad about the C tier, upset uh, about the C tier. Well, but Brox, per- what's the thing? Per- personally, I would not put them in C tier. I think that's a little too harsh. I mean, I, I do agree that uh, their way of playing the game is not the greatest. They don't have the best macro, but at the same time, they do have really, really strong individual players. And I think the problem for them is just that they rely too much on that individual strength and actually snowballing due to their lack of playing the game properly in mid late game. And yeah, comparing the teams, I think Vitality simply is just a better team for various reasons than Unicorns and Giants. I think they have strong lanes. Um, they're pretty good at playing early game. Their mid game is okay, but as we will mention, if it comes down to macro, then they do struggle a bit, but same does Unicorns and Giants, right? Um, so I think on paper, Vitality is a better team than those two mainly due to individual strength, and therefore I would probably put them between C and B, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I think if we could, a B minus Yeah, yeah is, so is a B minus, uh, or if I, there was I like an E tier for each I think C, a, C, C is pretty tier. unfair. B is a little too high. I think if they fix their macro problems and yeah. put some right. more I mean, strategy like Obviously, the Rock and Chalk have their own up, fair share of issues. I just have a personal vendetta against the running it down mid. Feel like this is not an answer. Definitely not an, as, as an LCS team. I I mean I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna be the tiebreaker here and put him at the top. We can call it the top of C if you want. You can call sure. him wherever. Yeah. But I'll, I'll put him in C. <laughs> I, but I, 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 mean, I respect it's your point. 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 I think that they yeah, are yeah. above Giants and Unicorns. For sure. I for completely sure. agree with that, Brox. Like I don't want to take away from that, but I, I I think that this is a team that has tried this for so long and that it's just Jazuke looked like a god last split for sure. Yeah, no, it looked like he was like, really dude. smurfing. And you're right that they were playing and. 
while they were cheesing a lot, like Gilius level two ganked for an entire I mean, half a season. Like actually, it worked and it played Gilius, out well for them. Gilius's pathing was like ended up being the pathing everybody did. So like he he started, I'm pretty sure. Like he was one of the first people to do like buff, cam buff, and gank immediately and just live in the river basically. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he was one of the first people, especially on like the Trundle, I remember. So like. I just, remember, I just remember the that. level two jacks ganks. Just yeah, the yeah, yeah. stuff like That's this. All I, I think they just rely too much in the. It's a bit like us last year. They rely too much in animal style and making the game yeah, crazy yeah. and getting a hit. Whereas us and Fnatic actually moved past that and got some macro and strategy into the game. It's not just pure fighting anymore, but Vitality never really got past that point. They just they just still play animal mode and rely on getting a hit early. Yeah, I mean, for me, I like I feel like if they just stop you know if they learn how to lose gracefully i feel like they immediately move up to b tier absolutely or if they can, yeah, uh, for sure stop going i think i think they would uh enjoy some losing gracefully therapy like i did <laughs> the beast has never been leashed in the history of vitality i think yeah, this is think... the lesson here all right next on the list uh with no a tier or s tier teams yet splice now comes up Okay, here, here I'm going to step in fast before we put yeah. Splice and Seeds high up because I, I don't <laughs> want to see Splice and Seeds high up. I'm not trolling, I'm not trolling. <laughs> Please, these guys play yeah. sideways. I, I think I hope. Splice deserves to be in Seeds high for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. I think Splice overall is a pretty good team. They're just a little too inconsistent. And I think that also showed that Rift Rivals were, like in the first round of Rift, Rift Rivals, they were struggling against every team. And then they come in... Uh, in the best of five, when it actually mattered and just yeah. absolutely destroyed the toughest NA team. Yeah. And I think generally looking at their mid-late game, they are a pretty good team, but I don't know, you just never really know what's coming from them. Like I think against us, they played pretty well overall. Um, they abused our mistakes pretty well. I know Puyvu is not I mean, I, I'm, I'm not convinced because that was the reason we lost that game. So yeah. like, I think I was just playing really poorly, but... But so what? E either way, like they have the potential to win against every team, but they're just really inconsistent. Yeah. So what do you think is is the biggest? So inconsistencies plaguing them. Like where do you see that inconsistency on the on the splice as a team? Um, I feel like it's Xerxes really inefficient pathing. Actually, I think in general he's a player that has opts into taking very inefficient pathing to try and make something happen. And when it does, the game is usually good. But when it doesn't, is when he ends up not having the greatest experience in the jungle and I feel like his laners have to suffer because he has, like he ends up having to catch up and farms a lot. And I feel like he's one of the type of players that like will sit around the lane or create a like a way to path to like be around one lane for like two or three minutes at a time. Like I know because obviously in that game I had a little trundle for five minutes in my lane, but uh, <laughs> I mean like you know it was a Camille. Like he was really around top lane the entire game. But as I'm saying, if that if those gangs don't work and he's spending that much effort into trying to make something happen top side, the game is not going to be good for him. And I feel like that is the biggest reason for their inconsistency is that I feel like they target one lane and then they don't they they're bad at transferring the advantages to the other lanes. So like in between, like for example, if Hogging is really far ahead, I don't get the feeling like they're translating this into mid lane very quickly. It's just that like the top lane gets further and further ahead, much mm -hmm. like with mid lane when Niski like pops off on Zoe, for example, he just gets Keeps bigger and bigger. Same with Cassiopeia. I don't get the feeling that like they're translating those advantages into the other lanes rather than just capitalizing on the fact that they're ahead, get further ahead, and then hopefully they, you know, the, the team can like profit from the scraps, you know, like yeah. pick, you know, get a little more global gold and all this stuff, and obviously a few more minion waves because of the pressure, but meh. I, I think also looking at Cersei now compared to last split, 
um, he's a bit more random now, it feels like. As Puibu mentioned, his paths are a little weird and mm. you never really know what's coming. But last split, he was really controlled. And for the most part, um, if you didn't actually play properly or if you wasted too much time trying to gank, you would fall behind and this guy would... Like, he would not be fun to play against. He would uh, he would smack you. But now, um, there's a bit more wriggle room playing against him in a way. And, yeah, I don't know. I think Splice just has had a pretty hard time getting back into it for some reason. Like, after that break, they, seems, yeah. they seem a little lost at times. And they definitely need to... Well, it's similar to us. Like, it, it took us a while to get back into um, our routines and everything again. And I think Splice has same problem, but just are still pretty far from actually fixing it. Yeah, and we just haven't seen that consistency yet because, I mean, you, you talk about the Liquid game, there are a few other games where they really do take off and they do look good, and now I'm eyes on Xerxes pathing to see like how that looks over the yeah. weeks coming. But we'll put them in B tier for now. We'll see if they can take the next step. Three teams left. G2, Fnatic, Misfits. <laughs> uh, we'll save Fnatic for last. How about that? Just to, for the dramatic effect here. I mean, I could, I could put it up there right now. If you do want. you want to just slam? Where do you think that Fnatic is? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where, do, where do we think it's going to go? Where do I, I think you're going to put an S. <laughs> right Ooh, right in the middle of the S tier. We all know why. I mean, we don't all know why. In the I mean, I'm pretty sure you know why we're in the middle. Because you now have control of the beast or what? No, no, no. <laughs> because I think we're one step ahead of the other LCS teams. But I mean, That was what S tier's for. <laughs> I don't know why you needed to be in the middle. Too. No, but that I was in the middle <laughs> because I think we're the only team ah you're the only team i see so you yes. just you've center aligned it got it all right you think you're the only s tier team i not i assume I think means so that myself, misfits yes. and g2 are both eight here i think so personally of course brox is probably going to put one of them in s tier i think it can be a little hard to argue against if we go deep into it um at least looking at how our lcs games has looked like because mm. we have been pretty inconsistent and if you look at the team like misfits they they have been doing pretty well but at the same time it doesn't feel like they I mean, they're just all right, you know. It's not like they have high highs or anything or that they're necessarily really, really difficult to play against. They're just pretty consistent. But mm-hmm. I think we already um, are starting to get to that point where we can um, eventually or maybe take, already take, call, call ourselves the best team in Europe. Take stage performance out for a second, Brock. So you tell me right now, levels of teams, You think? do you think Fnatic is S tier? Not can someone in the public be like, <laughs> what about those inconsistent games? Tell me where you think Fnatic is well, right now. I think that Fnatic is the best team, um, and I would also do something similar. I think it can be argued whether G2 should be in S tier as well, mm. but I would put Misfits in A tier for sure. Wait, so the argument isn't whether or not Misfits yeah. are He's going in with S tier. The I mean, argument is whether or not G2 right. are S tier. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm putting right. this over here. I appreciate I'll... the ego move, but you're, good. <laughs> yeah, you're still yeah, the sole yeah. team there. Basically, my idea is, is that I feel like the games that we lost um, were purely because of indiv- like because of our fault. Like, we didn't lose to the enemy team. We lost our own mistakes. Is how I feel, at least. Like, the, the first Funnel game we lost on stage, I feel like that's because we, like, heavily misjudged on what champions we need to be playing in Funnel. The next game we lost, we gave them a very, very, very strong Funnel combo, knowing they were going to pick it, and we just rolled with it, and it bit us in the ass. And in the Splice game, I keep telling everybody, that one was my fault, for sure. So I feel like... We're losing to ourselves, and I feel like when we're losing to ourselves, then I don't have the feeling that any other team is really beating us. And if no other team is beating us, then I don't think they're better than us. See how that works. I think when it comes down to our matches against Misfits and G2 specifically, all of us have been left with the feeling that 
Like the first two losses were just straight up because of gold funnel more than anything. Yeah. yeah. And of course you can argue that gold funnel is an important part of the game and if that you if you can't play it or play against it sure. properly, then you don't deserve to be at the top. But um the strategy is pretty sad in a way and it requires you like it just doesn't require as much strategy and proper play as playing normally, mm. at least uh, from my perspective. And <laughs> I'm I <a> slave. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I just think that um I think Misfits and G2 are okay, but I think already now we are showing much higher highs than, than these two teams are. I think so too. I think the the main reason I'm putting this up here is because if our practice goes the way we needed to or wanted to, and we can all adjust to our roles in the team, which is one thing that I'm trying really hard to do right now with controlling the beast, because sure, that's yeah. part of the role, uh, and we can play through our strengths, then this is what the tier list will be for the rest of the split. This is what I am almost convinced of. You mean Fnatic will be S? You're yes. not you're not predicting for anybody else moving. Or no, no, obviously not. Like, I mean, this is like the, this is what the top end will look like, and I don't imagine any of these teams contesting these two teams because at the end of the day, like I think Misfits and G2 are probably A plus. I don't think they're like like we're putting them A right. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think they're closer to S than than any of the other teams are, um, right. and I feel like that's yeah, that's the annoying part of having S and A. But I think that as long as we keep up the performance and go the direction we need to go or want to go to be able to perform internationally, this is what it's going to continue to look like from my perspective at least. All right. So one last time to the tier list. S tier, Fnatic. A tier, Misfits and G2. B tier is Schalke, Rockhat and Splice. C tier is Unicorns, Giants and Vitality. Should note that Brox will put them in like a B minus. Yeah, yeah, put them sure. in a C plus just to save some face here so that these guys don't get blown up on Twitter. Uh, and uh, HK, sole possession of D tier. I mean, yeah, like when I said this is what the tier list is going to look like, obviously I didn't take into account the lower tier teams. Um, but... I'm okay with moving. Like I'm sure there's going to be fluctuation in the middle of the pack there. Like that's just natural. Sure. It's just more yeah, the top end. I think the, the bigger takeaway is, is, is that you guys are uncontested in S tier, and that leaves one last thing I want to touch on is Schalke this week match of the week. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Like again, like I think that's for example where Schalke can maybe move up a tier if they perform really well. Um, are you worried at all? I, like Schalke? I said, I think the only thing I'm worried about is that we're we win the game for them. <laughs> That's like the main thing I'm worried about is that as long as we have our own game and especially me perform as expected, we're gonna win. Okay, so here's the, here's the one final question for this matchup: Year the duck, does it die here if Caps just, <laughs> or is Caps here? Are they gonna be on even footing? Is it gonna be Year the duck versus uh, I, Caps, King of the Mid Lane? I think when it comes to the mid lane matchup specifically, Caps has a pretty big edge over Nuke Duck. Nuke Duck has been playing really well. And Schalke is on a win streak, but looking at the teams they played, they haven't they haven't played the best teams yet. And as we talked about earlier, now it's going to come down to them actually proving that they can belong at the top and yeah. and match us in G2. But like I think it's going to be really rough for them. I think looking at the middling caps is going to give Nuke Dog a hard time. And I think me and Caps also have much better synergies than Nuke Dog and Amazing. I think their synergy has been really poor, and I think generally speaking, me and Caps play really well together. So, well, we already talked about mid jungle being so important, and mm -hmm. I would be surprised if we don't win mid jungle. I'm excited. I want to see that that game is, of course, coming up on Friday. Gentlemen, last thing, I promised some Twitter questions. We asked about 50 of them at once when we talked about Reckless, but let's get in one or two <laughs> uh, about 
your uh, you guys. Um, so this one is from Danny at D3RD, Dirt Danny, but with lead speak. Danny asks, what would you guys do for a living if esports didn't exist or you hadn't become pro players? I think I would have a pretty normal life in a sense. Um, I would probably be studying something at the university. Beforehand in high school, I was studying communication and IT, learning about Photoshop, all this kind of stuff. Um, Good skill. Could go in a similar direction, but be on the other side of it, be behind the camera or something. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure about exactly what I would study, but I would be at the university for sure. Yeah, you, Bupo, you're another interesting case because you like you dropped out to pursue this. So. Yeah, I mean, like one of the reasons is because I really had no ambition in school. Like, like I was going to school for the sake of this is what everybody else does, mm. and I feel like when I'm living my life, like I felt like I should probably make an important decision where I want to go with my life at some point. Figured why not start early. So the main reason I did is because I didn't like even if I finished high school, you know, I'd probably be stuck for a few months just trying to figure out what the hell do I want to study, like where do I want to go with my life what I'm actually going to enjoy doing for the rest of my life. So I actually don't know. Luckily, you don't have to answer that question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, just, forever. I, I found <laughs> what I wanted to do like pretty early, so I'm happy I did. But I uh, think... Yeah, I think I think from both of us, it's impossible to say exactly where we would be if we were not here right now. Um, and Bwibo said like, he wasn't too interested in going to school. For me, it was kind of similar when I was almost finished high school and I looked at what I want to do in the future. And... I sat down with my mom, looked at all possible things I could study, but constantly I had in the back of my mind, you know, going pro in League of Legends, yeah. and it just completely overshined everything, which is why it's so hard to say what, what I would actually do or what I would study if um, if I didn't end up going pro. Some people, you know, this is so as Baker's story, so it's always interesting to see, like, what other people had planned before esports or if people planned for this. But also, like, I think you guys both came up in the era where there was, like, a you could see other people had a career path yeah. here. Yeah. Um, last question, Marion, FNC underscore Marion, clearly a Fnatic fan. Uh, how'd you guys do the level one kill versus Misfits? She was really excited about it. She said it was amazing. But just in general, I'm curious from an outside perspective, you guys, that was a dirty, very clearly planned level one. Who plans your level ones? What's the process like for putting that kind um, of thing together? So I think the level one was actually a combination between Joey and Soas. Mm. At first, Joey had made a clear plan of what we were going to do level one with going into the top side, getting a ward in their blue, and then put wards in pixel and all these things that we did. But then Soas um, at one point mentioned that we could do this, but at the same time he was pretty convinced we could go in the top bush and actually camp there and he would be able to push their top laner up into us so we could get first blood, like do the yeah. same thing, but get first blood as well. And then, well, it was, I wouldn't call it random, but it was... Um, Actually, something he mentioned pretty shortly before we yeah. went on stage. So when we went on stage, me and Soros went into a custom game, and uh, we were both, yeah. you know, actually testing how the vision worked. Like it was, it was kind of random. Like it was right before we played, so we were testing, and I Just was to make sure you absolutely could I mean, not be spotted. Yeah, exactly. So Soros would go in that bush right on the top lane, and I would yeah. try to walk back and forth in the vision range, yeah, so yeah. that we actually didn't mess it up when we yeah, did it on yeah, stage, yeah. and. Yeah, it was just a, a really good plan made by jo Joey and then Soas um, capitalized capitalized yeah. on it and actually secured us first blood on top of it. Awesome. Funny, the funny thing is at the start of the game you see um you see pings cuz they're, they're like I'm asking where the hell do I go guys? Like where are <laughs> yeah. like me and you're like well, where the hell do we go because like it was only Broxa and and, and Soas that practiced yeah. it. So like uh, Broxa was like pinging like this is where we need to be, you know, like this is how we're going to move. Like e even if you look at the clip now, you will see that when we are in the top lane bush and we're about to walk to the to the wall, 
I am yeah. the one walking first because Weebo and Huli <laughs> are walking right <laughs> behind me, making sure they don't mess <laughs> it up. Click on me. He's like, click on me. Yeah. Like, yeah, we like, got this. I, it was literally walk right behind me and we will be fine. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I walk and they walk behind me and yeah, it yeah. worked out. <laughs> I've just been told there's also going to be a mic check. Uh, the producer for U4 is also the producer for a mic check. So he's like, it's there. Pings and all. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. It's making it in, That's boys. Good. The good. world can see the brilliance of the Fanatic Level 1. All right. Well, thanks to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, thanks especially to people who submitted questions for the guests and not about Reckless. I know you guys want God the information. I hope, you, I hope you get got some of it from the start of the podcast and throughout. One final thing. We need a bet. Oh, Deficio's not here, so I need to bet something sufficiently embarrassing for him. Um, we talked briefly before. You guys have big ambitions. Blippo, you Ooh. said you're going to be S-tier forever. Do you guys think you're going to win Summer Split? I mean, I think... I think we'd we'd disappoint if we didn't, because well the thing is is with the upwards trend that I've been having in my performance in bot lane at least personally because obviously like I don't pop off as hard necessarily I don't get ten kills a game anymore but uh, at least I feel like my performance is controlled and there is strategy behind what I'm doing instead of just smashing people that have no idea what my champion is doing. Um, yes, but of course there's a chance that. You know, the the lineup swaps again, and that obviously brings up other issues, but also other strengths. And whilst I'm convinced that we would still win summer with Reckless on the lineup instead of me, and maybe maybe me in the top lane, maybe not. I know for a fact that as long as the meta allows me to be in the bot lane, with the growth that we're having, we will summer split. We will win summer split with me in the bot lane. I think. With Reckless, the chance is equally high, if not higher. But I don't know if I'll be on that lineup, so I don't have to put my balls on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Question is then, what do we do? What do we do for stakes? Because we'll bet against you. I'm going to speak for Deficio here. We'll bet. Sure. We'll bet against you. We'll bet that I don't know someone else will get it. And that's the nice thing about this bet is we just it just has to be not fanatic yeah. for us to win. Downside is is that if you guys are S tier, which is it's still going to be the case, may not be the safest bet. What do we bet though? You suggested hair dye. Have we forbidden dancing? I asked about dancing. Nah, no, no, no dancing, no singing. <laughs> singing, dancing, I can no go singing. for. Singing is troll. Like singing, yeah. like you can just like harden. You can run it down singing, and it's funny. But if you run it down dancing, it's just. You know what I mean? You need to be good at running it down dancing, you know? I actually think the opposite. I think singing would be much worse oh, than dancing. Oh, no, hell no. You can but, control. But that makes, you know, both of those two ideas kind of go away, right? All right, we mentioned hair dye. Alternatively, hair dye. yeah, maybe. I, don't know I mean, what, what is really embarrassing for the picture, you think? I mean, I really don't care about a haircut, you know? I can go bald right now, and I really don't care. That's the thing, is that he has to care, because he's, you know, he's oh, all pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he cares about going bald. He definitely cares about going bald. I, I you care about <laughs> going bald. I, I think Brock's I cares about Brock's yeah. <laughs> also care. You can get something shaved on the side I, of the head. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think for me, something about, like, hair dyeing would be kind of weird or really, like, yeah, yeah, long yeah. or something. I mean, really honestly, it'd be pretty funny, like, if we don't make first place, we get um, the, the logo of the team that won, like, cut into your hair. I think that would be really funny, actually. And if we win, you have to cut in Fnatic here. Like, that would be really funny, actually. I'm <laughs> so down. All I right, think that's I'm really so funny. Like, it's, it's really troll, but, like, I actually think that would be funny. All right, I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. I, I, you just like, here on the I mean, side? Here, you know, like, I don't even know what Tisha's haircut is, but, yeah, you can for sure get the... I, I think yeah, 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 I did that before with Cloud9, right? He did, he did. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. So, logos are also hard, so if worse comes worse, you can get their three-letter abbreviation. Because I just don't know how talented these barbers are going to be, but I I'm mean, down. We should get one that can do it. We should get one that we should find. We should all go to the same barber no matter what. Yeah, for sure. We should just, like, try and schedule it, because I think that would be really, really cool. Actually, you know, like if you guys walk around with the fanatic thing, like I respect. <laughs> All right, 
It's Imagine hype. casting a world and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. Get me we in. have a couple weeks. We'll see if Riot Get Games is not in. too clean. All right. That, that's a good plan. I, Let's I do it. All right. So if Fnatic wins, you guys have to. We, no, you me have and to. Fishio yeah. have to get FNC or the Fnatic logo shaved into the side of our head. Yeah. Otherwise, you guys have to get the team that beat you's logo yeah, yeah, shaved yeah, on your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the team that beat us gets to be right there. Yeah. I think that's that's like a good bet. Good, Not wholesome bad. fun here. Yeah. But, of course, you know, if I shave my head, like, I'll wear it up until maybe world. And if it's still there, I might have to shave it off. Yeah, that's fair. Going on stage with that logo. Look, you don't have to. Let's just say you don't have to have it by worlds. Because I also can't guarantee that broadcast exactly, will be like, exactly. you, you're casting Fnatic. You can't have a Fnatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if we lose to a team, like, imagine walking around with the Misfits logo on my Yeah, head, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few weeks. You gotta, you gotta keep every it time I look in the mirror, I see Misfits after losing. Yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, that's just funny, though. gone by the start. Of worlds, yeah. that's fair. All right, we take it. All right, let's go there. Shaving logos in the side of our heads is the bet with Fnatic winning the entire split. So, this is a long term bet, but I'm excited yeah. to see. All right, thanks guys for coming on. Thanks to everyone who asked questions, uh, etc. Thanks for bringing the caps thing and telling me that that's great. Uh, be intimidated, other EU LCS mid laners. You guys can watch these fine gentlemen in the match of the week on Friday as they go toe to toe with Schalke. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I, mean, I, hope, I'll, I hope I'll be there. Hopefully, maybe not. Oh, Will Reckless come back? Find out, EULCS. Otherwise, this has been Euphoria Episode 6. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you guys next week.